Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 27 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real-life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number eight. If you're happy and you know it, eat your produce. And on today's episode, we're talking about how fruits and veggies improve our well-being, plus what's in season now. Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in. So we have a really fun episode this time, and in case you haven't heard the good news, so emerging research actually suggests that eating more fruits and vegetables can improve your happiness, satisfaction, and emotional well-being. So that this research came out from the Produce for Better Health Foundation, and they found that across all income levels, those who ate the most fruits and vegetables reported the highest levels of happiness and life satisfaction. That's reason that enough cool? to eat yeah, your fruits and veggies, right? <laughs> so people noted physical, emotional, and social benefits, including feeling good about their day-to-day activities, alleviation of physical illnesses, and confidence in their future health. And really, this isn't the only study out there like this. There are other small studies that have found similar results. Well, and, you know, really, if we don't need, an, as if we need another right, reason I know, to eat exactly. more fruits and vegetables, I mean, think as dietitians, we're always promoting and advocating for including more of them on your plate. So, of course, um, some of these different benefits are on top of all the other amazing benefits that already do um, kind of contribute to health with relation to eating more fruits and veggies. So, a few of those would include they're naturally low in calories. They definitely fill you up um, because of their fiber and water content. So, that can promote weight management, Mm -hmm. weight control. Um, Also, reduced risk for high blood pressure, heart disease, and stroke, and even some types of cancer. So, these effects are really due to the potassium and fiber in fruits and vegetables, which interestingly are both considered to be nutrients of concern by the dietary guidelines um, because most Americans do not get enough in their diet. Right. And so it's then it's not surprising to find out that the most recent government data from it's from the United States Department of Agriculture's What We Eat in America study. Um, So basically 80% of us are not getting enough fruits and 90% of us are not getting enough vegetables. So it's really not surprising that we aren't getting enough of that potassium and fiber because a lot of that comes from fruits and vegetables. So um, knowing that these are all the benefits, like why are we not eating enough? I know it seems again like an obvious thing you would just really focus on with your eating habits. But I think the, some of the most common barriers, and folks tell us this, I think I personally even I would admit some of these too. So would be spoilage, for example, so that you're concerned that they may spoil before you eat them. Um, you're not sure what to do with them when you get them home. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes they do take a little time to prepare. So right. if you're, you know, washing them, you're slicing them, you're peeling mm-hmm. and those additional steps can slow you down and you know time is of the essence so sometimes it's just something that we you know we just bypass up but there's a lot of like easier solutions for convenience out there as well which is good so today we're going to tackle these issues when it comes up with three fruits and veggies so we picked two that we are very familiar with so that's brussels sprouts and pears and then one that we're not as familiar with and that would be beets so (laughs) we're going to tackle that topic so first up we're going to talk about brussels sprouts which beth i know are just really a favorite of yours. I was just going to say, and I think I pretty much told you that I could talk about <laughs> Brussels sprouts all day long, um, but it's not something that all people enjoy. No, so I think not. it's actually really interesting. You found this fun factoid that people uh, are inherently born to have um, sensitivity um, for tastes like sweet and dis 
like things that taste bitter. bitter yeah. Um, so we kind of prefer those things that taste sweet and dislike things that taste bitter. Um, so again, it's no surprise that a survey conducted in 2008 revealed that Brussels sprouts were among the most hated <laughs> vegetable in America, which hurts my heart because I really do love these little, little teeny adorable cabbages. Um, but they really don't deserve that poor reputation and their popularity has really exploded in it recent years. And really I think it's just all has. about like people understanding how best to prepare them, yes. which we're going to uncover in a minute. Yeah, and so that's actually one of the main reasons why people generally don't like Brussels sprouts. It goes back to your childhood memories of being served these like overcooked, boiled Brussels sprouts. And the smell that comes with them. So that smell is associated with a compound in the Brussels sprouts that contains sulfur. But interestingly enough, that's the compound that's linked to their cancer-fighting characteristics. So when you cook them properly, which we're going to explain how to roast them, um, they really turn into this sweet, like nutty vegetable, and they are just so delicious. I would say even as a you know huge advocate for Brussels sprouts myself, when they are like boiled, I'm not it's even a not fan. It's, no. It is all about yeah, the technique, yeah. which really is kind of applicable to a lot of different vegetables oh, in yes. particular. Um, so yeah, if you're not sure how to select them, um, it's usually pretty easy, but if you're looking for them in the store, um, so you're just looking for firm, bright green Brussels sprouts, um, you know, you want to keep them stored up uh, for one week, up to one week in the refrigerator. And I mean, personally, the best way to prepare them is to roast them. Yes. So for perfectly roasted Brussels sprouts, um, all you really do is wash and have each sprout. You would, you know, trim off anything that any maybe discolored leaves or the right, stem the ends. Ones, um, yeah. Arrange them in a single layer on a large baking sheet. And then really all you need is a little drizzle of olive oil, some salt and pepper, and you could really stop there. Yeah. They will have so much that's flavor the, even I just really, with that, that's how I that combination. Um, you know, I love smoked paprika, which I know you also yes. do know. Um, you know, so you could experiment with some other seasonings and herbs and spices as well. So smoked paprika would be a good one, garlic powder, even a variety of salt-free seasoning blends. So you could really get creative and, and have some fun. So then you all only just roast at 400 for 30 to 35 minutes until they get nice and brown, just tossing a, a few times to keep them evenly cooking and success. Yes. You will enjoy them. Yeah, Everybody. You, really, you really can't go wrong with roasting veggies. It kind of caramelizes that natural sugar in there, creates a really good flavor. I do want to point <coughs> out that Beth said to arrange them in a single layer. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's important. Key. They need to be in a single layer so they roast and otherwise they'll just kind of steam each other. Like they need to be have space to breathe, basically, is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, so we're going to link to a few recipes in the show notes, some of our favorite recipes. Um, so we have a chicken and cherry maple Brussels sprouts. That's kind of the whole dinner. It has, like, the chicken, the vegetables. Yep. Um, we have a warm Brussels sprouts and farro salad. And then this is an all-time favorite of both of ours. Oh, yeah. A Brussels sprouts and radicchio slaw. So you're using shaved Brussels sprouts. Um, and radicchio, which both are kind of bitter, but then you're pairing it with dried cherries and a dressing that mm -hmm. has some kind of sweet ingredients mm -hmm. in it. So it pairs up really well. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. And I think it's interesting, too, because the Brussels sprouts in this one are not cooked. So right. they are just like shaved and then raw. And it's just something a little bit different. It's great yeah. for summer. I think I eat this a million mm -hmm. times over the yeah. summer. It's so okay, good. One last fact. Brussels sprouts. The Brussels is the plural one. <laughs> it is. A lot of people leave it off. And it's capitalized. And it's capitalized <laughs> because it's literally from like the country. Mm -hmm. So Brussels sprouts. It's not Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it does. you hear a lot. Yeah, because it kind of like the S it's is kind of run together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's hard. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. I get it. Okay. 
All right. So next up, we're talking about the one that we're not afraid of, but not as familiar with. So this is yeah, like uncharted territory for me. I feel like, and I do have to admit (laughs) that. So I mean, you kind of all get stuck in like the routine of eating the same types of things, and and beets is one of those for me that has fallen out of that repertoire. So um, you know, winter is prime time for beets. Um, They have a sweet, mellow, earthy flavor. and I really like to share that I have I've only ever eaten beets when they've been like roasted and prepared like at a restaurant okay. or at an event. Yeah. It's nothing I've actually ever prepared myself. I don't even know if I've ever purchased canned beets. So yeah. I, I really need to explore these I more have. often. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I've ever eaten beets. So we my mom makes the red beet eggs for Easter. It's like the traditional Pennsylvania Dutch thing, but I don't even eat the beets. I just eat the eggs. So in preparation for this podcast, I went out and buy, bought some beets last night and I um, roasted a few and then I made a slaw out of a few and I, re- I really liked both of them. Hmm. Like, and it really does, like if I had to describe the flavor, I would say a sweet, earthy flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, th- if I was going to make them again, I think I would do it in a slaw. Like, I just really liked the slaw. There were some carrots in there. Um, I made a homemade dressing with, like, Dijon mustard, um, red wine vinegar, olive oil, salt and pepper. Like, mm, really super simple. simple. Right, yeah. right. Um, but it was just really good. And I think one thing you noticed, too, or you noted there, um, you know, the, the flavor is very kind of right on in the color of beets. Oh, the so color vibrant is and beautiful. very vibrant. But dangerous. But, <laughs> but dangerous. Yes, they will. Um, I did end up putting, I have like some plastic gloves at home that I use when I cut jalapenos. And I ended up putting those on for the beets because like my hands were stained pink. So they re- they will stain. So do be careful with that. That's yeah. That's a great tip, and I, I think it's so cool that you just kind of experimented. So, and yeah. I think that's really a great thing for listeners to take away too. Is just you know, pick up something, try it, mm-hmm. and you know we're always here as resources if you don't know what to do with a fruit or a vegetable. And again, we know that's one of the barriers. So it's just taking that first step, purchasing it, getting yes. it home, and, and trying yeah. to have. And a I just fun like googled a recipe for a for a beet slaw. Yeah. That was it. Easy, so easy. And yeah, you've kind of expanded your palate. Um, so a couple popular ways to eat beets. And, you know, we love our Facebook group. They really are an engaging and interactive um, group of individuals. And so they have shared some of their favorite and most popular to ways to eat beets. We didn't really know. Yes. <laughs> and we lean on our, our listeners and our Facebook group followers to, you know, to share some ideas and insights. So for, uh, for example, you know, one of the most popular ways would be raw, as Catherine discussed. So shredded into salads and slaws. Um, okay. Sprinkling of goat cheese. I had to know that. that. <laughs> I had to note that, and I put a little smiley face by it because Beth hates goat cheese. I, yeah, maybe so. I would go with feta or maybe right? blue cheese. I maybe don't know. another intense cheese would be an alternative. Like when you look up recipes with beets, a lot of them are with goat cheese. Okay, so and maybe that's a good flavor pairing. Yeah, I think it is. And it was funny because then I saw one article that was like. Things that pair with beets that aren't goat cheese. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the article for me right there. (laughs) So maybe something different or just like skip the cheese altogether, the goat cheese altogether. Um, So, of course, pickled, you know, like you were talking about, Catherine, mashed or roasted. So, of course, roasting, like we just discussed with Brussels sprouts, it really caramelizes those natural sugars that are in um, vegetables and especially beets here and concentrates the beets flavor. And that kind of helps to enhance that sweeter side. So maybe it lessens that earthy flavor Mm -hmm. and enhances the sweeter flavor. Um, So to do this, you would wash beets, wrap them loosely in foil, roast at 400 degrees for about 50 to 60 minutes or until they become tender. So you can kind of check and 
juicy and then cool peel and slice um, so then once roasted they'll keep for about a week and you can add them into salads you can you know toss them with rice eat them on their own um, another way to prepare them would just be to simply wash and peel cut them into chunks toss with oil salt pepper and then roast them kind of on a, a baking sheet for about 35 to 40 minutes yeah. um, and again you can use them in any different um, cooking technique and, and yeah. you know recipe that you like there yeah and I did also want to mention too that you can also eat the beet greens and a lot of people mentioned this in our Facebook group we can just easily saute them up um, and eat them that way or throw them into a salad so and I had to admit we don't have any healthy bites recipes that include beets so we're gonna note that and work on that for 2020 um, yep. yeah <laughs> but I did find a recipe on the produce for better health website for a beet and raspberry smoothie which mm-hmm. sounded really good to me so again we'll link to this in the show notes three quarters of a cup of milk three quarters of a cup frozen raspberry about one small beet some honey and some chia seeds and you blend and it sounds really good to me yeah i think that's a really great like solution it sounds so pretty and pink right like the picture was super vibrant and one thing too so you know when we talk about fruits and vegetables you know sometimes we know that convenience really can be key in you know eating more so i think canned beets could probably be like a good alternative you know in the fresh produce department you can find beets already cooked pre-packaged so no must no throw them right there into your smoothie you know and then canned ones i I would assume you'd probably just drain and rinse because right. they're in that liquid. I don't know right. if there would be salt added, but you don't want that in your smoothie most likely. Yeah. So yeah, lots yeah, of ways to too. kind of incorporate yeah. them into your diet if you want to. Yeah. Maybe this is a good goal for 2020. You know, we love talking about ways to add things right. into your diet versus subtract them. Yeah. So, you know, eating beets might be something we both strive to we do. We both start doing. <laughs> All right. All right. So what's next? All right. Last up, we have pears. Oh, pears. I do really enjoy pears. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they really do peak in fall, you know, but of course you can find them year round. Um, so when you're shopping for them, you look for pears that have a nice smooth skin, no blemishes. Um, and I always love sharing this factoid and this kind of a recommendation for selecting ripe pears. Um, so it's not the color that indicates ripeness. So for example, Bartlett pears, they actually change from green to yellow as they ripen. Non-Bartlett pears, so Anjou, Bosque, or some other varieties, they don't dramatically change. So the best way to determine ripeness is what, Right, Catherine? to check the neck. Yeah, such a great little like I phrase. Know. <laughs> so pears ripen after they're picked and they ripen from the inside out. So you need to check the neck. So gently press near the stem and if it gives to gentle pressure, it's ripe and ready to eat. If you wait until like the thicker ra- middle part of the pear is soft, it's actually going to be overripe at that point. Yeah, I think that's such a great great tip. I think with pears too, I always feel like they're really difficult to transport. So you almost want oh, when you yeah. are enjoying them, keep like put them in a container. You know, it's like an apple you can throw in your bag that, yes, you know, is, but that's true. They pears can, can easily get pierced. Easily. And, yeah. and I've definitely had that happen before in my bag where it becomes a little That's bit of a mess. mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then for storage, you know, when the pear is ripe and then it's ready to use, you actually want to place it in the fridge and eat within a couple of days so it doesn't become overripe. Now, if you want to um, ripen a pear, you actually just throw it into a paper bag with an apple or banana so those fruits will give off some ethylene gas, with, which helps to kind of expedite the ripening process. Yeah. That's a good tip. I do that a lot with avocados because they don't seem to be ripe enough when I want to eat them. That's right. Yeah. Um, So here's a fun fact. So pears contain prebiotic fiber that promotes healthy gut 
um, because it feeds that probiotic bacteria in our guts. Um, and I also found that people who eat lots of anthocyanin-rich fruits, such as pears, have a lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And that was according to a Harvard study. So, so, and there is like the list of health benefits, you know, in all of these fruits and vegetables is just so long that we couldn't nearly get to all of them. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, gut health we know is such a hot topic. So I think just knowing that like, you know, a lot of fruits and vegetables do contribute to gut health because it really comes back to the fiber content and pears being unique with prebiotic um, fiber. It's it's really a great thing to promote gut health for sure. And pears are really versatile, um, which I, you know, I also love to to talk about. They pair really nicely with both sweet and savory foods. Um, So a couple combinations could include oatmeal and pecans, vanilla yogurt plus honey, leafy green Veg, uh, leafy green um, salad greens plus blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Yes, blue cheese crumbles. Blue or cheese. if you like okay. goat cheese, um, plus like a little balsamic vinaigrette, or balsamic vinegar. Um, they're also really good on grilled cheese sandwiches or paninis to add like something sweet. I yeah. like that and a nice texture. Yeah. yeah. So the recipes we're going to link to in the show notes. We have a spinach, pear, and gorgonzola salad, which I think you should add beets to as well. Oh, that would add a great um, pop of color. I know. We also have a pear sauce, homemade pear sauce. So it's literally the same, almost the same thing as making applesauce. And then a pear and dried cherry galette, which is a really delicious Oh, yeah. And that's recipe. definitely one of my favorites. And I think, too, you know, we didn't want to overlook that canned pears would also be a really great option for ease, you know, if you're kind of seeking something that's ready to go when it's right yeah. out of the can. Um, you know, and we're going to really talk about that right at this moment so that it's <laughs> <laughs> all forms count. And I think that's such a great message. Um, so we're talking a lot about fresh and uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, but of course, uh, frozen, canned, dried, and even 100% juice all have benefits. And it's really recommended that you include all varieties in your diet on a regular basis. So really our goal would, according to the dietary guidelines, so we heard we're not getting enough. Um, so two cups of fruit per day and about two and a half cups of veggies per day. Um, and a simple strategy to help you do that would be to make half of your plate fruits and veggies at each meal. And then you'll really be sure to hit those goals. So Beth, what is our takeaway tip for the week? Well, gosh, I mean, I share, I think we shared so many different reasons and benefits for eating more fruits and vegetables. So of course, we're going to say that more matters. I think most people can benefit from eating more. So really trying to increase your fruit and vegetable intake, start with just one more serving a day and incorporate more different varieties, you know, in different prepared uh, techniques and so forth, but just really eat more. And then again, we're, you know, we're really promoting that the new year is a good time to focus on, you know, additive types of behavior. So adding more fruits and vegetables, for example, into your diet um, and focusing on making good intentions versus being restrictive. So I would say that's really a good thing. And we'll elaborate on that in the new year as well. Yeah, in our next podcast. So, okay. Thank you for tuning in. Um, You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook. Or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.